Grace, mercy, and peace to each of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ. So there you were, thinking about all of the things that needed to be done before the end of the academic year. And you were a little frustrated by the lack of time, the interruptions, the daily frustrations. Or maybe it was some big project that needed to be completed in the office. Or maybe a health concern. Or maybe it was balancing the checkbook, the perennial financial concerns. Maybe the lack of finances. And you weren't in a very good mood. Life can be very frustrating. Believe me, I know, because at just about the same time, I was going over the figures again in the income tax return and wondering why so many of my hard-earned dollars were going to the government. Reminded me of a son of mine who, as a young teenager, got a job in a, a local hardware store, a neighborhood hardware store, and came home with his first official check and pointed to the check stub and said, now tell me, who in the world is FICA and why is he getting so much of my money? But for me, it wasn't just the taxes. I mean, it's not hard to come up with a whole list of things about which I can complain. Concerned about the economy and the loss of treasured values in our society. And Somali pirates and spring allergies. And the report that came out recently indicating that religion is losing its place of importance in American life. And concerns about what the changes here at the seminary will make in the lives of faculty and staff members. Actually, we're probably all pretty adept at coming up with a long list of things about which we can complain in our lives, in our families, in our country, in our church, in our seminary. And we can become whiners, but not today, not now, because God comes to us today with a wonderful message, a message that even has the power to distract our attention from all those things that burden our hearts and help us focus on something more important. It's a powerful message. It's one we've heard many times and one we've probably ignored many times as well. It's the message we just heard from our God through the prophet Isaiah. The wonderful message that is printed in bold, as it were, during the season of Easter. 
The message of our God through the prophet Isaiah is this, rejoice and be glad. That sounds good, but it doesn't help to pay my taxes. Sorry, we weren't going to deal with those things. Not, not today, not now. Because now is the time to concentrate on the message that God is giving us from Isaiah, which is much bigger and much more significant. You know, our perception of what is really important, what is really life-changing, what is really significant, often falls short. And it's seldom in sync with what God would have us know to be what is of utmost importance. Listen again to these words from Isaiah. Let us rejoice and be glad. And now comes the reason for that. In his salvation. And what precedes in the reading, this bottom line, as it were, from our God through the prophet Isaiah, is the promise of a feast, a banquet, the promise that he will swallow up death forever. He will wipe away our tears. Surely we will be able to say, this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. Therefore, let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Now that's important. No wonder there are so many hallelujahs in Easter. There are a lot of things we may consider important. Not all of them seem to be turning out as we had hoped. But we're not thinking about those things. Not today, not now. Rather, it's a time to rejoice and be glad. I mean, what greater victory could there be? What is of greater significance than what our God accomplished through his Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in guaranteeing for us eternal salvation? What a wonderful message. By the grace of God, Isaiah saw that in the future. He saw the grace of God. And by the grace of God, we have witnessed it. We know about the resurrection. We know about forgiveness. We know about the blessings that God has given. What could be more important than that? I don't have this opportunity too often, but if I could just suggest something to those of you who serve in ministry and will be serving in the future, nothing or few things at least will endear you more to the people you serve than your positive attitude of joy and rejoicing. I know there are many things that are disheartening in our world. You will have to confront sin. There will be obstacles. There will be disputes and debates. But when those things replace or dull the joy you have in God's salvation, 
then you will have lost something very precious. And the people you serve will have lost something precious as well. So let's rejoice and be glad. And then the cue from the psalmist, we sang that just a few moments ago. The psalmist who said, I have the Lord always before me. Let's pray that we may be able to do that as well. Because, as the psalmist said, he is at my right hand, and I will not be shaken. We might add, I will not be disheartened, disillusioned, disengaged from the mission to which Christ has called me, distracted from rejoicing. I will not let that happen. Therefore, the psalmist continues, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. Imagine that. I mean, my whole being, even that part of my being that likes to complain, even that part of my being that concentrates too much on those things in my life and in this world that are somehow wrong. My whole being rejoices. Maybe, maybe later we can think about some of those things that are more mundane. But not today. Not now. This is the time to rejoice and be glad. Let's do it with the wonderful words of a great Easter hymn. In a word, Alleluia. <laughs>